3: Welcome to the Premier League Tonight podcast where I was joined at Goodison Park by Rio Ferdinand, Steve McManaman and Martin Keown. On the pod we talk about this astonishing Man City side coasting their way to the Premier League title. That looks like they'll be setting all kinds of records on the way and the debate over who the player of the season is rumbles on. It's between City's Kevin De Bruyne and Liverpool's Mo Salah who had another moment of glory in a Liverpool shirt against Palace. It's also the time of the year when fans start to get nervous down the bottom of the table and after a crushing 3-0 loss to fellow strugglers West Ham at London Stadium, Southampton are in real danger of the drop to the Championship. And in honour of the 28-year run without a win at Stamford Bridge for Spurs, we talk about bogey grounds that your team just can't get a win at for love nor money. Let's now hear from City fan Paul Bent. Quality, quality performance from City. Three first-half goals that were absolutely superb. The game's won at half-time. Bit of a shocking second-half, but what a day. means we're going to next week now, potentially going to be champions when we beat United at home. To top it all off, Laporte threw his shirt to me in the crowd. Happy days. Come on City. Nice. Uh, a poor second half. Shocking second half. <laughs> that is, that is, that is setting your standards high, isn't it, from the City fans? I remember a couple of seasons ago, you, we, me and you were talking about the quality in the Premier League and you were questioning it and you said, I just want my champions yes. to be I think brilliant. It was, yes, so, yeah. They must be really loving watching yeah. them. This yeah. yeah, I
0: thought they were incredibly impressive. 82.1%, I think, I hear you say, at the end of the game. That's, very, very impressive, isn't it? And um, I didn't think... Ever, I thought Everton were poor, to be honest, and enabled City to be as dominant as they were. But the fact that City have done it, you know, virtually every single game throughout the season, I think it's, um, it's testament to how well they're playing and how well the confidence is flowing through the side. And mm. they
4: well-deserved winners, aren't they? What a time right
3: as here. well to be a City fan. They had to sit and watch your team dominate English football for so long and now they get their opportunity.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, they're going to enjoy it. And I think... Um... I can
3: like, see you love talking about this, by the way.
4: Yeah, I didn't know he was coming to me then. But no, <laughs> listen, as I said to you before in the, in the programme we've done before, you have to respect what Manchester City are doing. You have to respect Pep Guardiola, what he's done in previous clubs and what he's then now implementing here at Manchester City. And when you see what's, uh, what the players that are coming, Sane, you look at this boy, he's a young kid, 21 years old, yeah. playing with, with such maturity a lot of the time, assists, goals... Magic moments in games, turning games on their head. He, he's a superstar, this kid. He's a superstar in waiting. I think, though,
5: you know, as soon as Guardiola came to town, as soon as he came to Manchester, then, you know, the, you, they were going to win things. It was a re- remarkable last year. Was the first you had year. no
3: doubts in that first season? Because even Pep season, said today, didn't he, in, in the press conference, you know, I, I sort of feared whether I'd keep my job
5: after. Well, it was the first year first he never season. won a trophy. So that, such as the standards he, he's created. He's, he's remarkable. He's a winning machine. And now he's created that with his team. And it's bad news for Manchester United because he's not going away. He won't when he's got something special on the move. He'll want the Champions League, of course he will. The league's already in the bag, but it's the brand of football, the way that he improves players, the messages to the players. You know, there's a message to all the other managers. He's yeah. getting, uh, making the difference. Sane creating the canvas on one wing, Sterling on the other. Look at the way Sterling's developed now, the way that he comes and he finds space. Everyone gets better when you play under
4: Guardiola. I That's, think you hit the nail on the head there, yeah. Martin. If the key to him is that he improves players, he went to Barcelona, improved players. Bayern Munich, treble-winning team. You speak to, you hear any one of their players speak? He improved me. Mm-hmm. It was like a teacher in, in on a training field in the training ground. Manchester City has come to. Silva's gone up a level. Kevin De Bruyne's gone up a few levels. Otamendi. Sterling. Otamendi. I thought Otamendi was shot. I didn't think he had a chance to play Premier League. Look at him now. Probably one of the best, arguably, three in the Premier League at the moment mm. in the way he's playing in form. Every player in this team, Carl Walker's come from Spurs, England regular right-back, gone on another le- a level. Every player improves under him. and that's, I think that's a sign of a top, top manager. Are well, you playing devil's advocate
0: as well, though, Jay? He's had the overall package to work with, hasn't he? He's had the funds. I mean, yeah. the manager. Oh, uh, sorry, the the, the 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 certainly the chief exec and the chairman, the pre- yeah. the, the owner. I've backed him. I think he's spent nearly four hundred and fifty million pounds in the eighteen months he's been there. I mean, that is a phenomenal Brilliant. amount of money. Yeah. I, I agree with Rio. We've had the, we've had this conversation before numerous times. I think he's a genius as well, and I love the improvement in the team. Well, he's
5: had the financial backing yeah. as well. There's a YouTube video of Sterling. I don't know if you've seen it with Guardiola. It's absolutely on the training ground. When he's got him a, And he's, yeah. he's trying to say to him, "Look, I want opposite movement. That's what it's about. You've got pace, but top, top." If you want to be at the top of your level, you've got to create that space. And it was opposite movement. And you haven't got it, have you? And he was in the players' ear. And I think we've look at we got some outstanding managers, but no one's really played the game to the level that he's played. And I think that gives him an empathy yeah. with the players on the training pitch. And that's what sets him but apart. Well, I love their second life. goal today
0: from the goalkeeper because he has a plan for every scenario. You know, as I said in commentary, if we get closed down, yeah. we make the pitch big. We, we go from Because the, the goalkeeper can hit 70-hour passes, no problem at all
3: loads of people are chatting already on social media joining the conversation, hashtag PL tonight uh, Kevin says Man City just so very good they're a joy to watch uh, Mark McGrath says 84 points, that'll put a pep in your step and I like this one from Chris I'm going to put my head on the line here I genuinely think Man City will do it this year, um, and Big I want some one word answer from you Rio, which manager would you prefer to play for, Pep or Jose?
4: Uh, as a defender, Jürgen Klopp Klopp. <laughs> Klopp. <laughs> uh, move on. That. I love that
3: using that as a get-out clause. No, I can. You sure? Klopp.
4: <laughs> Klopp.
3: I like heavy metal. Slipknot. Panicking. He's panicking. Um, right. Um, where do Manchester City sit though in terms of the best teams we've ever seen in the Premier League? We'll get the thoughts of these three in just a second. But first, here's what you think. Absolutely no chance that that Man City. Have a better side than invincible Arsenal. That Arsenal side, when they didn't lose any single game, was absolutely unstoppable. However, in 1999, Manchester United were up against probably Arsene Wenger's greatest ever side, with Vieira and Keown and Burkamp, But we had Keane and skulls and Giggs, Schmeichel, and it was a phenomenal team. And not only did they win the Premier League, they also won the Champions League and the FA Cup as well. What Chelsea achieved in 0405 seems to be being overlooked and they're being compared to that which for me is really early days. Chelsea won the league with a record 95 points breaking loads of other records along the way and we took the league in a really hard time. You had Fergie's Manchester United, you had the Invincibles who had won it the previous year. This year we've given it to City haven't
4: we? We're on an 18 game consecutive uh, wins in there. We've got 18 goals to get the most ever goals ever scored in the Premier League. I'm just looking at it. Other teams have got history. We're making history.
3: And you've got yourself a cup of tea. As if by magic. It was Cole's Out to team, I bet no, I bet it was. I bet it was. Tis 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 April. It was. Uh, come on, then where, where do they <laughs> sit? Yeah. The Invincibles, the, the treble team from ninety nine, that great team from two thousand and eight, Jose's first Chelsea side. We've seen some great
4: yeah, they're, 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 you can't compare them yet. They've got a, they've got to sustain this, this level that they've got. They've got of a, a, a sustained period of winning trophies as well. You you're judged on trophies. And you look at teams, as teams that, that win things back-to-back. This Manchester City, before Pep Guardiola came, they've not won the league back-to-back, so you can't consider any of the teams before. And now you're going to have to see what they do next season after they win this. I think you can almost be great in one season. Nine, you know, the 99 group did that, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, we'd
5: won the double in 98 Arsenal, and they won the treble mm-hmm. Manchester United. But it was the makings of a team for a number of years. They could become great if they can go on yeah. and win the Champions League. But I think if you win it the next three years... If they can win the Premier League the next three years, then you're going to have to say it's probably one of the best Premier League teams we've ever seen. But we're in early days with this team now.
3: Do you think it's too soon to judge them? I think as
0: as a a one off year, and what we're watching, and if they do accumulate 100 goals and 100 points, you'd you you would say, you know, in the it's probably the best Premier League side. But as as the boys rightly said, you know, Man United won the treble in '99. That's Mm. some going that to win the treble. I think they won the league, the FA Cup, I think, and then the Champions League. That is some going. So they might be playing better football. Visually, on the eye, they might be better and they might, you know, they might be scoring more goals and stuff. But at the end of it, or in five years, 10 years, 20 years' time, because as, as the years pass by, we forget how, how well teams played over, over an all-season. We're eulogising over Manchester City, and rightly so. But they do need to bring home the trophies, don't they? they do. What well, if they won the Champions League this year as well as the Premier League? Could you then say... Well, I think every yeah. club has their own little piece of history that they hold on to, don't yeah. they? The Man United fans are saying, well, we won the... The league, the FA Cup, and the Champions League, and Man City, you know, might say, "Well, we won the league, the, the, the League Cup, and, and what?" I, but everybody's got that little. Mm. Well, Liverpool fans say, well, "We've won the European Cup five times," so they all want to play one up on each one upmanship on each other. I get that, but um, they're going to have to deliver the trophies this year. Like Mo Salah is going to have to deliver next year. You know, everybody has to set the benchmark to be considered considered great. You
4: have to win, and then win again and then win again, I and keep think that's yeah, exactly. To be considered great, that's what... I mean, at Manchester United, in our change room, that's what we, we, we lived off, winning back-to-back league titles. You win one league, and then you we wouldn't really consider that team a, like a great team, or they didn't win it back-to-back. You've got to go back-to-back. That's the way we used to feel in our change room, and you win it two, we won it three, we wanted to win it four, we didn't quite get there. But when you're doing it like that, that's when you think, think to yourself, yeah, you feel like a proper team. And other teams then... See that year in, year out. And you, you went after your games before you've even gotten to the pitch because of your reputation and what you've done previous.
3: If they've scored more goals and picked up more points and won more games away from home and had more possession that's ever been recorded before in that one season. Yeah, they've had a great season. Can't they then yeah. be a great yeah. team? Because they just dominated every statistic. He just created about, an incredible yeah. team for <laughs> that one year, well, even it, if it's definitely. only one year. Yeah.
5: Yeah. When we compare them with, with the greatness of other teams, then you want to, you want to see a level of consistency mm. over a longer period. We talk about the, you know, the rights of Giggs, did it for 20 years, mm. didn't he? You know, one of the greatest players. You have to do it over a, a period of time, and I think what's interesting because they've got pioneers in this team. You know, the likes of Aguero, the likes of Company, who were the start of this city yeah. as we as we know it now. And they're probably be interesting to talk to them. Is it the greatest team they've probably played in? I bet they'll say it is. But they're only halfway there. They're almost halfway through their season, and they are destined, perhaps, for greatness. They're in the moment. I and mean, it's difficult to judge them when they're still, you know, they're so close to something special. We
3: ran a poll earlier actually asking you whether you thought the Manchester City were the best team in the Premier League and which is the best side we've ever seen in the Premier League. And this was the result. And there you go. 37% Manchester United, 98-99. So that mm-hmm. treble winning side. Well, well, that's it, the thing, isn't it? You might Manchester City probably played better football on the
0: eight. I mean, again, mm-hmm. this was... You know, so many years ago that you sort of start forgetting about how well they played at the time. We know how dominant they were. But to then finish the season off by winning the treble, winning the FA Cup and the Champions it's League, that, it. that, that is something to beat, isn't it? That's something to beat. They always seem that Manchester it United is hard. Team.
5: I mean, I played against that Manchester United team and you probably did as well. Mm. I mean, it was just... They put us out of the FA Cup when they were down to 10 men. They always seem to find a way to win Bayern Munich. They no, still do down. the double this season in an era
4: yeah, where no, so yeah, much I, I money has been spent well. I look on it as well as like, like, I always like to look at it, would this Man United, uh, Manchester City team beat the Invincible team mm-hmm. or the Treble team yeah. or the 2008 team or the 2005 Chelsea team? And? That's, that's the way I like to look at it. Would yeah, that? I mean? Because the way that this team play, the fluidity of this team, I don't think any of the other teams could match it in terms of the fluidity of the team, the way the cohesion within the team... And the way Pep sets them up. But, again, there's different... Each team's got their own own um, things that you say. Uh, Manchester United, the way they would never, ever say died at last-minute mm, games. Yeah. They'd win games like that, pull something from nothing. The invincible team, they mm. had fluidity as well, but they could go out and fight teams like Bolton. Yeah. They could go and win away on a cold night in Bolton, etc. So, each team had their different thing that but would make them special. Do you think this team could beat the United team that won the treble in 1999, do you? They, I think they'd give them a hard game because tactically... You, this team is so
5: new. Sterling and Sane didn't even start the season. You look at, go back through it. They paid a three at the start of the season. Those two were playing cameo performances coming off the bench. They played their way in. It started with Jesus and, and Aguero. As so, as I mean, double that strikers. in itself is
4: scary. This is, but, it's this all, is all, no, but it's all if bust and maybes. Because yeah, you course. might say that the main United team, they might have just bullied them. Yeah. Bullying them off the pitch, the likes of Keane, the personalities that they had in that team. you might just say, listen, give me, get, get off to, they might have intimidated this Man City team, but we'll never know. I think it's just, hard to judge. Indeed. I think it's hard
0: <laughs> to judge just after nine incredible months that they've yeah. shown yeah. they need to show us more but we're more than happy to say in two years time this is the greatest ever Premier yeah.
5: League I just think it's it's got the makings of yeah, it's, it's got the makings yeah. of it yeah uh, it's, it's too early okay. Okay. I think that yeah. when all these top managers started coming to the Premier League we were always going to get something special coming out of the mix and that's what we've seen this year
3: loads of three word match reports coming in Anfield 22 says Mo Salah Emma Fitzgerald didn't turn up she's a Saints fan uh, Dr Kaylee Mason says Mane was lucky we'll talk about that in just a moment actually and Potton Hornets, who's an angry Watford fan, says robbed by Madley. Not happy with the referee there either. Um, Loads, loads to talk about still Um, and we're going to have a discussion now about who is the best player, the player of the season this year. This is what Ben Smith, who's a Liverpool fan, thinks. Have a listen. Mohamed Salah just confirms his place basically as player of the year. Another crucial, crucial winner. Um, Just the man that comes up with the goods at the right time. Um, one of the best signings I can remember in Premier League history, um, in Liverpool's history. You know, I think he'll be defined by what he does for the rest of the season. You know, Champions League runs still to come, uh, and obviously the years that come after that. But right now, it looks like he's just going to be unstoppable. Just a, ph- a, ph- a phenomenon. A phenomena. Player of the season. I mean, it's not a bad spend of 37 million quid, well, is it? Them. And the goals he scores as well. When you look at the the goal against Everton, the goal against City, the volley he got against Stoke, he scores some goals. The goal today was a lovely goal, wasn't it? He didn't have his best games today. He wasn't involved a lot, but his
0: control and his awareness in the box to have a touch before smashing it into the net. of the the season, though. Yeah, well, he's up there, of course. I always go for Kevin De Bruyne, only because Mm. he's just just got the cherry on the top, isn't he? He's already won the League Cup and he's going to win the Premier League. But, I mean, isn't it? it's a toss-up between him and Mo Salah, isn't it? Because Mo Salah keeps on scoring more and more goals um the fact that he's got 37 in his first year is incredible isn't it
5: it, there's a stat somewhere he's missed more chances than anybody else as well Mm. which is quite remarkable But for me, I'm in agreement there with Marco De Bruyne is the way that he sort of caresses the ball Mm. and he ticks all the boxes. He's running after people. He's making tackles. He is the one. He's the governor in that team for me. He makes it tick. I know Silva. A lot of people like Silva. But I feel De Bruyne is just just that little bit ahead of him and I think therefore he should get the PFA player of the year.
4: I don't think anyone can argue for either I think I think if, if De Bruyne wins it, you're happy. If Mo Salah wins it, you're happy. I just think they're two different players. Mo Salah is a game changer, wins games on his own really. Um, and De Bruyne, as De Bruyne said, is just so pleasing on the eye, and he's one that makes his team tick. He's the guy who controls the pace of the game, along with David Silva, but I'll, I'll take either Earlier in the season, I would have said De Bruyne, but I think the more you look at it now, just he's winning games really on his own. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it, watching those two go toe-to-toe in the Champions League? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a crazy draw. I mean, it's just two of the, two of the best teams in the, in the country going toe-to-toe in the Champions League. I would have liked to have seen them stay, stick apart, maybe, to get and hopefully get a two, two teams through to the you semis. Look, but this just means, though, that we get an absolutely corking game with the
3: two
5: most exciting teams in English football. The rest of Europe was delighted oh, you know, that way, yeah. because they know the attacking forces that both these teams yeah. have. I mean, Mane and Salah, their pace... I mean, Mane, when he was injured at the end of last season, Liverpool weren't the same team. Now they've got two of them with that kind of pace. Firmino in there, um, Van Dijk coming in as well. I mean, that might be a significant significant signing by the end of the season. And if you, we said earlier that, you know, this happened, I remember Chelsea in 2004, when Arsenal went unbeaten. We put Chelsea, who put us out of the Champions League, we locked them out of every single cup competition, League Cup, FA Cup, we just knew eventually it might go wrong and they won't want to lose this to Liverpool mm. because the bragging rights, you know, we're talking here about them being the greatest team we've ever seen and suddenly they get knocked out of the Champions League where mm. they're certainly not going to be the greatest team. So there's a lot on this match mm. for lots of different reasons. Oh, can't wait for it. You'll be commentating on it, won't you? Yes, I will, yes. I'll be at Juventus Real
0: Madrid on the Tuesday nights. So I'm lucky enough to go over to Turin and then, uh, weather permitting, and all the planes being on time, I'll be back for um, I'll be back at Anfield.
3: you're mm, mm. trying to make people feel better about he's their lives. Unbelievable! What a life! He should love Seven. it. How lucky is he
5: to go to those Seven. games? He's sitting in first class, it's awful. Oh, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, he's I'm not joking. joking.
4: On you
3: know, and for an average player oh, as well, I
4: mean. <laughs> two Champions Leagues.
3: He didn't, do hey, bad. didn't do bad, the boy, did he? Man of the match in Champions League final, but he doesn't like to talk uh, about that. Sure. Uh, today, the job of Liverpool's was to try and get past Crystal Palace. Um, there was a moment of controversy in the game. We will speak to Graham Pohl in a moment, but first, here's a couple of Palace fans.
1: For me, the, the real talking point from the match has got to be the decision not to send off side Omane. It's a clear yellow card, deliberate handball. That's the rule book. Why doesn't he get it? Because he plays for Liverpool. That's the basic answer. Not acceptable. Gutted
0: and has had an absolute mare. How he's not sending Mane off there for a second yellow. Deliberate handball is the most black and white rule in the book. And
3: he's let him get away with it. It's, it's an outrage. OK, there you go. Um, it's, <laughs> oh, please. It's an outrage. Um, he's saying that the, the... That's not my words, that's, that's his words. He's saying it absolutely should have been um, a red card. Steve Parrish also says, talk me through how that is not a second yellow card and subsequently a red card. So, thankfully, we've got Graham Pohl as part of our team. Right, first of all, Graham, just tell us the rule. Tell us the situation here and what goes through a referee's mind when they see this.
1: It's, um, it's not mandatory to caution a player for handball. Handball is, is an offence, Punishable by a direct free kick, and you have to look at the context where the handball is, is is made. So people saying it's black and white, it's mandatory. It's not. They don't know laws of the game. Neil Swarbrick does. Okay. So
3: so what determines <laughs> what determines <laughs> giving him a red card and not?
1: Right. Sadio Mane thought he'd been fouled. He he went down and claimed the ball to make Swarbrick give him the free kick. He wasn't fouled. Um, Swarbrick didn't think he was and therefore, of course, he's touched the ball with his hand. Swarbrick looks at that and says, what's his intention there? He's trying to convince me he's been fouled. He's handled it and therefore it's just a free kick. If he hadn't thought he'd been fouled and he handled it to stop the ball going to a Palace player in a very good position, then he would be right to caution him. He didn't think so.
3: Okay, so the right decision?
1: Absolutely, definitely. And, and and you add to that, the first caution was a bit weak as well on, on Mane. Mm-hmm. for he said a dive, there was contact there. Um, and you add
3: the two together and it definitely doesn't make it a red card. Okay. I'm just um, scrolling through social media now. I'm not sure the football world agrees with you in terms of the fans. But Yeah,
1: yeah but I'm right. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. No, he's <it's> a <laughs> referee. Right I think <laughs> a
3: lot of people we and
0: me included
3: just think, Oh to
0: handball is a yellow card, yeah. to a handball is yellow cards and it's good the fact that the referee knows more than we do. Of course he of, of it does. it's down the
5: interpretation, though, the referee. Mm. The only thing it's I would have said is, is, is why,
0: why aren't the Crystal Palace complaining about... The centre forward that they spends all the money on, just lobbing over the goalkeeper, putting it wide. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's always somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm, of course it is. Uh, Graham, well, thank you very that much. Get people going. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, it will. Um, right. Um, Adam, who's an Everton fan, has his three-word match report: just sack Sam, is what he says. Richie Mitchell, Newcastle United safe. He's obviously a Toon fan. Well done to them today. Daniel Jackson, also a Newcastle fan, says Kennedy is Pele. Um, Reese is a Southampton fan. Completely, utterly. Awful, and here is some reaction from West Ham's 3-0 win over Southampton today, starting with
4: Baz. West Ham 3, Southampton 0, that is three massive, massive points. Yes it does play for overcracks, um, but the result was what was important today, and three points on the table which puts us five points clear of them, six clear of Stoke.
1: I've never seen a worse Saints performance, and you think they would at least put some more effort in for this game, but now I think we're down. That's it for me, to be honest. I think that is absolutely awful.
0: Conceded three very poor goals. In, in fairness, um, at times catastrophic errors, which have been prevalent for uh, quite some time. That's that's why we find ourselves in this situation, unfortunately. We won't get carried away with it because it doesn't get it doesn't get safe. But I think we'd be probably having a different press conference here if we hadn't if we dropped in at the bottom three tonight. We've not. We've moved up, and we've got big games to come and I think if the stadium stays the way it was today, that'll give us a great chance.
3: Mm. OK, well, let's, uh, let's discuss then where this leaves West Ham, as you can see there. That win today leaves West Ham five oh, points, points five ahead points, of the bottom yeah. three, and crucially, every team below them who played lost will correct it and will pop up the proper bottom of the table for you in a minute. A massive, massive yeah. win for West Ham at a time when they needed it so badly.
4: Huge, huge, and, and David Moyes is right to say that the contrast in the press conference... N- if they had lost, but also from the last game they had, when the fans were on the pitch, causing uproar, not happy, disgruntled um, supporters. Results like that are going to get people on side. Short-term fix, yes. Um, I think that West Ham at the moment is a, it has been a bit toxic for a while, mm. but it's the fans and the players coming together that are going to get results and able to enable this team to get out of the trouble that they're in. Credit, though, David Moyes. He's been in yeah. a difficult position recently, losing lots of games.
5: And yeah. there, there was talk of them going away, wasn't there? Well, he used that time very well, changed his system today to a three at the back. Arnautovic, I bet Moyes wishes he could play against Mark Hughes every week. Yeah. Turned up against them when they played earlier in the season and done the same again yeah. today. And uh, they're halfway to getting out of trouble. But it's difficult to know how many points you're going to need. You just have to take every game as it comes, but that is a I'll huge game. I'll tell you what,
4: them, them going away to, on holiday, I think they went to Miami, didn't they? We saw the pictures and it was the uproar in the media while they were there. The pressure on this game for them players to win this game and get a good result would have been huge because that's the first thing people would have been talking about yeah, in that press course, conference. Yeah. What were you doing in Miami? What were you doing on the beach? you aware just, of that I mean, as a player. Yeah, as well, you are yeah. completely. You, you can you, see you, what they were doing. They were working hard on the team shape. They brought it to play to Look the pictures I saw. They was on the beach
5: at one point, feet up. What that? <laughs> maybe that's the answer. <laughs> and now that you're not playing, did you look at
3: that thinking, not good? Or knowing what you know about football, do you understand that at this point in the no, season I, maybe I, It's need about that.
4: perception. I understand the fans, the uproar with the fans. Well, why are they going to, uh, off to a great climate, hot country, I'm in a job, I'm not, I'm doing, I can't just get up and go, etc. They're having a jolly up. Mm. But I think it's important, the perception you, you, that you give across the pictures of them doing shape, the pictures of them working hard on the training field, they're the pictures that me as a fan would take more interest in. They're having a bit of downtime, but yes, they're getting drilled. And I think as a player, you think, yes, to get away... And go away from your family, and really concentrate and hone in on what you need to be doing to get a result. Even if it's abroad, is the right thing to do, I think. And if the it's way controlled. they approached
0: the game today and the way they start, we, were, we watched a lot, Well, all the games, um, the three o'clock games. And the way they started the game today was brilliant. Mm, yeah. And they won the game in the first half. And that, of course, Mark used their saying to the contributed as well. to it. The but fans the, played the, their part. You they, know, st- the team started it. well, the fans were right behind them. It was a really yeah. good atmosphere, an aggressive atmosphere, which you'd expect. And they responded
3: to the players and played really well. Meanwhile, Southampton have taken one point from Stoke, Newcastle, and West Ham. Teams they had to be beating down the bottom. And you can take a look there at their, their Premier League record in recent games. They are banging trouble. Are they going down?
4: I mentioned it before. It's not only when you're at the top of the league, momentum's key, but also now you're fighting relegation, you need to get some momentum from somewhere. And as you said, the, them teams they've played against and got one point. It doesn't bode well for them. I, I think, think Arsenal, Chelsea
5: season. coming up for them as well. Mm. Thinking back to their fixtures, it's really a difficult position for them now to get out of, and because with them falling into it, it's almost new for them, mm. and it's difficult for to respond and react. Yeah, yeah. There is Southampton's yeah. remaining Premier League
3: wow.
4: fixtures.
5: Good night. Uh, <sighs> you think so?
3: Is that yeah. bad? I mean, they've got,
4: as you can see, Arsenal, Chelsea, and I City. In it doesn't look good for them there. Looking at them fixtures there, they're going to have to pull some magic out of hat from somewhere, and the results previous don't suggest they've got it in them to do it. I mean, when you look at their home games, which a lot of teams down there focus on, they've
0: got Chelsea, they've got Bournemouth, of course. That's a game where they feel that because of, because of how close they are with Bournemouth, they could win. Manchester City at home, if Manchester City is still going for records, they'll blow them away. They blew them away last year. So these are incredibly difficult games for them. I mean, Mark Hughes doesn't want the record yeah. of having Stoke and Southampton going down the same year, doesn't he? So he'll be trying everything he can to get them up to the table.
3: Let's discuss Manchester United then. Now, Romelu Lukaku will have all the headlines today. 100th Premier League goal for him. But Adam McCullough, who's part of the full-time Devils, was keen to talk about Jesse Lingard. Here's what he said.
1: Just outside Old Trafford now, I'm hearing there's a bit of a debate about Jesse Lingard and who should and shouldn't be starting for England I've got to say, Jesse Lingard has to be in that England starting lineup. Not only did he do very well in the friendlies with Holland and Italy, but he's been on fire for Manchester United this season. His movement off the ball, his passing, his link-up play, his crucial goals at crucial times. He's United's second-top goalscorer this season. He has to be in that England side for me. He links up well with Sterling, he brings the strikers in. Get Jesse Lingard in that England team. I know everyone wants to talk about Dele Alli and all that stuff, listen. Jesse's the man, not Delhi.
3: Now, since as far as I can remember, Rio, when you first started working for us, you were telling us keep your eye on Jesse Lingard because he could be top. What's changed? Because it's fair to say your fellow pundits sneered a bit, didn't they?
4: Yeah, I mean, and this See, I said he'd always get you between 10 and 15 goals a season. This season, he's got 13 goals already and he's still got eight or nine games to play. But Delhi Ali's got 10, and we're talking about him or Delhi Ali. I think Delhi Ali plays a bit more advanced than him. I just think Delhi. Um, They could play together quite easily. I think Jesse Lingard, what sets him apart from all the other England players at the moment is that he can play one touch on the move. And I think for an opposing midfielder, that's a nightmare. Someone who can, the ball can come in and he's already got a picture in front of him of where his players are, where the opposing players are, and how he can affect the game. Playing quick, one and two touch football on the move and then running without the ball, I think is something that has really gone out of the game from a midfielder's point of view. All the midfielders nowadays want to get hold of the ball, take touches, run with it maybe, and then commit players that way. But the other side, the simplicity, the simplicity in his game can kill opponents because he's so quick in his head and then he's sharp off his feet as well. I think it's an interesting
5: debate, you know, if we're looking at him from an England team, because I think the current system that England are playing with three at the back, I think he makes a better. He slots into that role better. And better I, and than I'm, Dele Alley?
3: Yeah, I think they could
5: look, play look, together. Yeah, look, look, yeah. Look, I don't
0: think it has to be one or the other, does it? It doesn't have well, to be. I
5: don't think it's going to be both of them. It might be. I mean, you've got Oxley Chamberlain now who might have something to say about that. He's done mm. quite well in the system. Whether
4: he's we're not should, playing at Jesse Lingard's level.
5: Well, no, maybe not. But he's uh, we're, we're talking about balance, and we're looking at what Gareth Southgate might, might be comfortable with, and he's comfortable, it seems, with with those two anyway, either the side of either Dyer or or Absolutely. Henderson. But I think that um, if you look at, you know, Steve Holland's playing in the is just sitting alongside Gareth Southgate, and I think Conte. If you look at the Italian team that went to the Euros two thousand twenty sixteen, we were told it was the worst group of Italian players ever. But they had a fantastic system, and I think that's what England are copying now, with three at the back. And if they had someone called Jaccarini in that midfield that was running like Lingard, covering an incredible amount of distance, and it's really necessary. So that system, Lingard, perhaps should pay in there. Maybe Ali plays as well, but it's a good problem for Gareth Southgate to have, because Lingard's coming into some real form. That goal the other day, Dele Alli didn't play in those two games. That would be a slap in the face for him. He's going to have to react. He's got a big game this weekend against Chelsea. Let's see what he's made of. I still feel he's going to have a lot to offer now. Between I still
4: think it. there's so much more for Jesse to offer. Yeah? I've seen him from a kid. He always scored goals. If He played on the left side, right side, through the middle. He always scores goals. He always gets opportunities. And when he gets in there, he's very cold. He's very, very clinical. I think as well in the Manchester United team, he's still in a phase of almost earning the respect of some of the other players to give him the ball when he's in good positions. I've watched him so many times in the last couple of years. He gets in great positions in between the lines and he doesn't get the ball because they're going to play it to a Pogba first or they're going to play it to a Martial before him or Lukaku I think now you're starting to see that he's becoming that go-to guy he's, because he's, once he's he a really it.
0: important player in the team he gives you input up he had an assist today didn't he with yep. um, with the Manchester United goals even though you know he never got on the score sheet he was excellent today The Alexis Sanchez second goal and um, I think sometimes it gets lost the fact that he's come through the ranks and he's been there a long time we, t- we talk about you know the new sign of Matic or, Lukaku, a bit more, you or pogba, or yeah. Pogba yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. I mean, that that, that uh, Manchester United fan knows more than me, and Rio certainly does. But the likes of Ashley Young and Valencia, of course the goalkeeper, and Jesse Lingard, when I've seen them, they've been the most consistent players yeah. that they ha- have had, and they're the ones who've been there the longest and know the ethos of Manchester United all the way through. And I don't think that's no fluke. Mm. The fact that they've been there such a long time, they know what it means to play for them. They're the ones who are cheering out the performances through good times and bad times, and there has been... In, in levels of performance this year, they've been the standout players for me. I, think, I mean, I think Lukaku's done extremely well as well when I've seen him, and to get to the 100 Premier League goals you know, Lingard, is, a, is, a I cred, think is a credit to him I as well. I think, though,
5: Lingard, with him being a young player, yeah. with him coming through the ranks, he's been quite a success story because you've wondered if Mourinho's going to develop players. He's certainly developing him, and he's done it through difficult times, almost against the run of the grain, really, because they didn't really want it, seemed like they didn't want to pick him in there. And now every time he comes in, he scores goals in really good company. He's not bothered by the competition for places. And that's really useful for Gareth Southgate.
4: What he's had to do as well, he's had to wait a long time. Because physically, he was always behind. He was small, skinny, lightweight, easy to knock off the ball. But what he never used to allow, the physical part never came into it for me. Because he never allowed you to get close with him. Mm. Because he played one touch. If you get too close, he'll play one and two touch. He's in he's fantastic That's what I like football. about him. His speed
0: of play is excellent. Mm. It's like, like, an, like a, a throwback to the, the Manchester United he plays. Always thinking, one, trying to one step ahead and trying to do things really quickly, trying mm. to speed up the game a lot. And United have slowed down in these last couple of years. But whenever he's gone the ball, he wants to do things
4: quickly, which I always like yeah, to he see. he could have played in our era, right? in my team. Definitely. He would, have that been good? A, he would have been a player would have been involved and, in and that. Richard and might Southgate be better, trying to accommodate him, be him in your team. And Dele Alli in the same
3: team. Because, of course, Delhi knows how it feels to play alongside Harry Kane. He's got a good relationship with him. That plays into the the England situation as
4: well, doesn't it? but it it? depends on the formation he plays. If He he could play uh, 5-3-2. You never know. And then Mm. Delhi can still play off of Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? But then where do you play play? Sterling? Do you know what I mean? And this is the great problems that Mike Mm. said. He's got great problems because he's got very good personnel to choose from it's just where, how you get them in a but team if he, if he plays
5: um, if he plays like Italy do and that's why I keep going back to Italy they played yeah. with two strikers in the, in the last Euros and he can do that so Sterling can be one of those players and he can come deep to receive things and then we can accommodate those players in the in the same team. I think it's quite a challenge for Deli Ali now.
3: We were having a debate earlier about perhaps the one thing missing thing is a deep lying midfielder who can spray the balls around and Carrick still the hasn't
4: retired. Michael Carrick hasn't retired yet. He was on the bench today as a coach for Manchester United. You actually he, said Adam Lallana this, could play in that position. Because he's got disgruntled with the English manager that showed him no respect over the years. Is that what you think it is? Yeah. He was he was he was when we was asking for players who could pass the ball through midfield into the, into the attacking players who were going to be a, then a danger, who could play the ball quickly not take two, three, four touches and then look and then play. He'd do it in one touch. Two touches. Get Did the he feel undervalued him? by England, do you think? He was undervalued. He was undervalued, yeah. 100%. He should have had so many more caps because he had. He would have had a balance to the England midfield. He'd be the perfect answer now, wouldn't he? He'd be, he'd be the first one that you put on the team to play now. And what would his, his what would his answer be if Gareth picked up the phone? If he rooms? was Italian, right? he'd be playing now for Italy. It still be will still be going. You know what? He's one of our players who's a leader. He's experienced. He can play the ball in the right way. He can do the fundamentals that I want in my team. Gareth Southgate now, obviously, he's not playing at Man United, but Gareth Southgate now is would cry out for a player like. Um, I think we want players who do
0: things quick. We're talking about Deli Ali, Lingard, you know, Oxley, Chamberlain, Sterling, whoever, may, whoever mm. the names may be, but. These are all very creative, quick players. So if you've got someone who will give them the ball quick enough, it feels I hear that, Michael Carrick. Yeah. It will improve us but as it, a side. When we get slow and get a little bit laboured at the back and go sideways, that's that's when we're it, at our worst. We got, need to if do you think quickly. Of the, the
5: England team that's took to the pitch in those last two games, some of the quickest players we've ever seen. Yeah. That's really exciting. We need someone yeah. to unlock it and but exploit we them. Yeah. it We need someone thing. who can find them.
3: Right, Gareth, pick up the phone. Right, <laughs> Michael will answer. <laughs> and the answer will be in the affirmative you think um, obviously one negative bit of news that Adam Lallana yeah, yeah, yeah. came on he left after a very short amount of time and Klopp actually said afterwards this looks really serious so that oh, could, be his, work, pity, could yeah. be his World Cup over mm. which is a real shame right go on then bogey team bogey ground uh, not, was it wasn't it? a bogey team a bogey ground oh, a, a ground I, I
0: used to dislike going to would have been Sellers Park and all, simply because of the logistics of getting down there because you couldn't fly
3: first class couldn't fly. <laughs> no, it just took it like it does. You now. and the Galacticos It just takes ages to get down out. to Croydon, Could doesn't it? From,
0: certainly from from Liverpool, and um, we, you know, whether it was Wimbledon and we had to play them a couple of times, and we had one time when it it was um, it was postponed, and we had to go back again. But I didn't have an. I, I, well, I can't remember of having a particular bogey mm-hmm. team, but it was. I always disliked getting down to Sellers Park only because of the journey. It was
3: a, it was a five hour journey, no matter how we did it. I've noticed now that when we go there, you, you go for a, a nice week's holiday in your 75-bedroom mansion in Spain somewhere. Is that just to recover
5: after we go...? And- <laughs> 74,
0: is it? It's it's not 75. <laughs> go on, Martin.
5: Mine's a bit boring because, you know... Obviously, it's an adventure. Thanks for building it it's up, an then. <laughs>
0: out,
5: Never is, start a story like that. Well, no, we went to Bradford, and you know, you only go, we only went there once. I think yeah. we only stayed up, didn't went to Barnsley perhaps once. They were difficult changing rooms, difficult... They applauded us off the pitch, by the way, yeah. in 98. <laughs> so it was like watching Brazil. But anyway, that's another matter. But Soluys Park, I think I remember, because they were sharing the ground at one stage, and it was right. always a difficult... The floodlights were rubbish, I think. We went there one year, and the game... The floodlights blew at half-time and then we had to come back a second time. It seems like we were never away from Sellers Park and the shenanigans with uh, Vinnie Jones' headbutt in the toilet as you came out was always an interesting spectacle. So Don't that in doing there yoga, karate moves. Doing, right. Yeah, exactly, yeah, hitting He's that you know, uh,
4: invisible tree that he used to hit. <laughs> so, um, no, didn't enjoy it going to Sellers Park. Mine was the Riverside, Middlesbrough. It's the only time I ever got hauled off the pitch uh, to, to do the walk of shame, getting substituted for, for underperforming. Is that right? Um, and yeah it wasn't a nice, a nice walk at all um, it's Just we never seemed to play really well there always either went a goal or two down always made it difficult for us there Hard. and if they scored that stupid song they used to play I forget what it is now but it's used <laughs> j- do my head in but um, yeah it was a hard place to go with us right at the time Leah sent us a message saying unfortunately
3: we don't get mentioned much nowadays uh, but surely Rio's was Fratton park we always used to turn Man United over down here ferocious atmosphere
4: that was another one, actually. I forgot about them, yeah. I scored an own goal, actually. Um, Edwin van der Sar went walkabout, and I played it back blind, and it went in the goal. Did <laughs> you get pulled off that Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> So
4: I was, uh, I was devastated. I hope not. But, um, I mean, there's a few. There could be a few more. I forgot about it. but no, yeah, they... Fratton Park Aubrey. was a hard place to go. you not as good go. as you remember. No, fr- Fratton Park, their fans were really good. They were really, really loud, very, like, aggressive. And it made it a tough place to go. Oh. Tight it little changes. It was places
0: like FA Cup games, but... Yeah. You know, first round FA Cup when you you had a lower league side. But I always used to really relish though the FA Cup first round games, yeah. going away to I don't know, a Shrewsbury or something that Liverpool played You liked them, time. did you? I used to love those games, yeah. yeah. Of course the facilities were never like a Premier League game, but I never ever thought they would be. You'd always expect in the worst case scenario, the bad pitches, the cold mm. water. I think Oldham was a difficult one, wasn't it, back yeah. in the day yeah, with the, with yeah Oldham, the pitch. Yeah. Astro yeah. Yeah. turf pitches. I mean Luton back in the and
5: day, QPI yeah. QPR all had those pitches, never an enjoyable occasion, mm. you have to admit. It was a bit before uh, my time than once. <laughs>
3: Darren has sent us a message saying he thinks that Everton's bogey ground is Goodison Park. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Daniel Godelman, Arsenal usually say their worst performance of the season for the Bet365 stadium. But I remember a long time, every time Arsenal played Bolton, it seemed like Sam had the making of Arsenal Menger and Arsenal, didn't he, in those games?
5: well I mean, you might say that it seemed that he was big friends pretty well put it that way with Sir Alex Ferguson and they always seemed to be you know this big extra super effort that was, was going to come your way oh but,
4: he's, crying but, you know, he's crying at home he's crying at home
5: I don't know when we, they always gave you a difficult game I must admit it was a difficult game but I think I won there one year I think 98 and uh, Alex Race took a shot he had three shots at goal the first two it was so bad I never looked at the third one I heard the roar from the crowd it had gone in and, and you, he was such an unpredictable player he scored an incredible goal there Amazing. and we won uh, and that was on our way to winning it you had to get something against Bolton yeah. away to win the, the, the Champions look thank you for your company again tonight what I love about this show is just sitting here talking <laughs> football
3: with three guys that love the game um, and we had some sad news of course today didn't we of a man who just like oh, these yes. three absolutely loves football Ray Wilkins who we've all had the opportunity to work with here on BT Sport and the guys will agree with me, when you meet this man, he leaves an impression on you. This is Frank's Instagram post earlier, all my thoughts and strength, it was this man, an absolute gentleman. And he is, isn't he, Maka? He is generous, he's yes. caring, he's interested, he asks you about yeah. your family and your life. I he's think anybody guy. who
0: comes across him will all, we'll, you know, we'll all raise their hand and say he is. What Frank said there, an absolute gentleman, I think it sums him up. Yeah. Let's I'm- hope he's
3: and we, we all echo that and everyone here at BT Sports sends Ray all of our strength all of our love and of course his family as well we're standing alongside you at this difficult time um, lots of love to you uh, just to remind you about the European action that's coming your way on BT Sports over the next few days what crackers these are Juve, Real Madrid Sevilla by Munich Liverpool against Manchester City uh, Barca against Roma and Arsenal against CSKA Moscow loads of great football this week um, and we're going to finish with Manchester City on the verge of winning the Premier League we're going to Enjoy the season through the eyes of the City fans who've been sharing their comments with Premier League tonight so far this season. These are the things that they've told us this year. Thanks for your company tonight, and we'll see you soon. The most important thing at this stage of the season is getting three points, and uh, Sterling's done that for us. 5 0, really pleased without the start of the season. Never would have expected that before the game. Brilliant performance from City in the second half.
4: I've got to say that uh, that was a massive statement of intent by Manchester City tonight. Is the title race over? Chance, I think Chelsea, for honest, are going to finish second. It's up to you who's going to finish first. 4-1, could have been 14. A lot's been said about the best teams in the Premier League history. This has got to be one of them now. Is the league gone? <laughs> Not a chance. I mean, City are 12 points ahead. We are the masters of our own destiny and at this stage of the season, that'll do for me. 16 points clear at the top of the league. great time to be alive and a great time to be a bloke. To think that we could potentially win the league, Next week against our bitter rivals, United.
0: Throughout my lifetime, I've been ridiculed about City. It's our time now.
3: Thanks again for listening to this week's pod. Please subscribe to ensure you never miss a show. We're back on Saturday, the 14th of April, live on BT Sport as Liverpool take on Bournemouth.